are listening live to the program. Your teams, your town, your program. On these winds of victory ride emotions of a year of work and sweat, guts, glory, and fear. Put me on the one foot line and give me two minutes to go and give me all three of my timeouts and give me my boys. And then let me hear my name over the loudspeaker. Let me hear the roar of the crowd. Let me have the boom on one side. Let me get in the call play. See the eyes grow as I call these plays and talk to them. Let me feel the hair on my back crawl up. I mean, that's what the Super Bowl does to you. All sights are set on one glittering goal. The chance to play and win in the Super Bowl. It's a knee-high long snap, a right-footed punt. And here is the ball landing in front of Ray Ray McLeod, who gets it on a... Oh, he fumbled! He had the ball, he fumbled it! At the 17, the Chiefs have recovered! With that mark, 16 in San Francisco, Mahomes in the gun, first and 10. The snap, packed, he's on, throws on, zone, four, touchdown! Back-pedaling, two-handed grab, Marquez, Valdez, Scantling, and the Chiefs at a 16-yard! San Francisco, McKinnon the back, shotgun snap to Mahomes, drops back, left tackle ball, goes to Kelsey, 30, runs far side, 25, 20, sideline 15, knocked out of bounds at the 12, knocked out of bounds at the San Francisco 12. This will be a 29-yarder, the snap is good, the kick is up, the kick is perfect, and we are tied. Jake Moody will try a 27-yarder to take a lead in overtime. Good snap, ball put down, right for the kick, is away, and good! The Chiefs have got to get a first down or it's over. Shotgun snap, the fake handoff, Mahomes will run, a block by Kelsey's got the first down over the right, top of the 40. He's out to the Kansas City 41-yard line, and a yard run by Mahomes, that is a first down. First and goal at the three. Lining up in the clock at 10 seconds and ticking. In the shotgun, Mahomes, four-man front, receiver in motion, low snap, he runs and he throws, caught, touchdown! And now, wondering if someone's going to come get these championships off his back. Soren Petro. Right you are, Kay. Right you are. Petro on the program on Sports Radio 810 WHB as we are on the road celebrating voice beaten up after a week in Vegas, followed up by a game that had you on the edge of your seat, had you grasping for air for four hours. It had me spending most of that time gnashing my teeth and lamenting plays that were lost, only in the end to have the inevitable happen once again. Uh, Patrick Mahomes being Patrick Mahomes, is that what you're talking about there? Yeah. Yes. And, you know, I was thinking and every year. Always, always dangerous, by the way. True, truly. Um, in every championship, there are multiple Heroes, mm-hmm. and that's true with this year's Chiefs. But what struck me last night was that you know you spent all week listening to 
expert after expert after expert <laughs> tell you that you know where I'm going. Yes, the, 100%, 100% I was talking about it last night. That the 49ers had this, the 49ers had that, the 49ers had the other thing, but that they would not pick against Patrick Mahomes again to the point where we questioned whether or not it was too simple to be true. Right. And what I learned last night is that sometimes the truth is simple. What I learned is sometimes experts are experts. Shut up, dummy, and just take yes. what they say. <laughs> I mean. Uh, who are you taking? I'm taking the Chiefs. Why? Well, Patrick Mahomes. I'm not picking against Patrick Mahomes. Yes. And then he goes out and says, Does yeah, this again. is why they all picked us. He, because of me. Yes. He rescues his team twice in the final minutes. A 64-yard field goal drive to tie it. 75-yard touchdown to win it. Going 8-for-8 on the drive, rushing for two huge conversions. He overcame the fact that he had a wide receiver turn a 7-yard gain into a 3-yard loss, and he erased it like it had never happened. He now has three Super Bowl wins, three MVPs to go with four AFC Championship wins, and two regular season MVPs. He's 15-3 and all-time in the postseason. Two of those three losses come to Tom Brady. The other came to a number one overall quarterback who won a national title. Two of those three losses came in overtime. He's played 18 postseason games, and one dude has beaten him in regulation. That's it. The truth is simple. He's the best ever. Um... In my book. The uh, the stats that are out there are just mind-boggling. Uh, I asked Mick for this. Mick gave one that I, I was like, wait a minute, what was that one again? And he texted it to me. Uh, the Chiefs were down by 10 uh, in the playoffs. They've been down by seven or more in the Patrick Mahomes era uh, 11 times. The Chiefs are 9-2 and two <laughs> in those games. The next best quarterback slash team win ratio in that same scenario, going all the way back to 1950, is Tom Brady, who is 10 and 20, or 10 and 11, excuse me. 9 and 2. He's 15 and 3 in the playoffs. Mate, it's just, it's ridiculous. He's won seven straight. And the one that jumps out is that one guy has beaten him in, in, in regulation. One in 18 games. Um, it really was as simple as one team. Very good. And let's let's be clear. The Chiefs are much, much more than just Patrick Mahomes. Yes. But at the end of the day, he is the ultimate weapon in the universe. I mean, he is the Death Star. <laughs> and they have yet to find the exhaust portal <laughs> to try to put a couple of missiles in. They may be going down some trench right now trying to find his one weakness. Maybe they're looking for, you know, I don't know, some relative who... Put the design flaw in him, <laughs> right. but they have yet to find it. Pork and shit heel blown up. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I I don't know any other way to describe what he does. I mean, it is it is stunning, and I'll give Adam uh, some credit. I was having the same thought. He he did a great job this morning of, of putting together that game was the Chiefs' season. In 75 minutes. It's incredible. You want to know what the season was? It was that season. Kind of some ineptness on offense. Can't find anything going, but the defense rock solid. Mm -hmm. Some sloppy football. It was all there. Turnovers, a pick, 
Even the great Patrick Mahomes threw a pick. Uh, he had an interception. Dropping the ball. You had Rashi Rice fumbling the ball forward or whatever that was, whether it was a fumble or a forward lateral that wasn't called. Uh, you had sloppy football. Creed Humphrey continued to roll the ball back to Patrick Mahomes, who now, do you know, one of the many records he has, mm. most recovered fumbles in Super Bowl <laughs> history. Because every time he With scoots 50. one, if a snap touches the ground, that's officially a fumble. And then if Mahomes picks it up, that's a, that's a fumble recovery. He has 50. He has 50. No, he has five fumbles recovered in Super Bowl history. Felt like 50. And as, as I watched uh, National Observer after National Observer go, you know, he's been having some problems with these snaps. I'm like, really? Well, how about Tony Romo? Oh, dude. Uncharacteristic. Unca- oh. uh, has anybody gone from being like a, a shooting star of just like analyst to just like, do you even follow the game, man? And in, yes. in a couple of years like that guy? And then he, of course, did what I the, my number one pet peeve of his talked about. All through the immediacy after the touchdown. Walk-off Super Bowl win for Patrick Mahomes. Back-to-back championships. Nance nails it. Hit the, the Chiefs hit the jackpot in Vegas. Right. And then Shut it should be the hell just up. watch the scenery. And he yammered on for easily 30 seconds. I'm just like, I... I, I, I Do you remember what he said? I don't. I don't either. I just, there was celebration going on yeah. in my house, so I didn't notice it as much. But um, but I I would love for you to go back and listen, and if you could come in and, and give us the reenactment. Just. <laughs> That's what it sounded like in my ears. Oh, Jim, it's amazing. It's, it's amazing. It's this and that. And- Shut up. We say this a lot, where to work in this industry, you have to have some level of, hey, everybody dig me. But you also need to know when to turn the dig me off. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And And, and the greatest ever. And look no further than the guy who was calling it right here on 810WHB for Westwood One. Yes. Yes. And And if you need to look any further than that, I don't know why you would, look at the greatest man who's ever laced a microphone up to his face and talked, Vin Scully, who famously, after Hank Aaron set the all-time home run record, got up and walked out of the booth for a minute and a half. Let that be. Let Vin be your guide. What would Vin do? Vin would shut the hell up. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> Oh, listen. But nothing uh, can soil what happened last night, man. It, it, that's I, I finally was able to force myself to go to bed at like 3.45. I just kept looking at Twitter. Just uh, kept looking at other angles of that play and just reading the amazing stats and reveling in some of the whining that was done. But there wasn't as much because there weren't any really questionable calls. There was no James Bradbury holding play this year. There was something on Get Up. They're like, questionable call. We'll talk about it next. I'm like, what was it? Yeah, it was the man downfield on the McCaffrey touchdown, if anything. There's nothing went the Chiefs in the Chiefs' favor in that regard. Um, 
Listen, we'll take your phone calls right now, 913-3810-810, the phone number 913-3810-810. I'll let you know that, yes, there's a championship very soon. Uh, the championship will be in your house. It's called Valentine's Day, people. If you're not ready for it, you're going to be in big, big trouble. Let our friends at Hen House, that's where we broadcast today, 11721 Row Avenue is where we are. We're at Hen House. Uh, let them take care of your Valentine's Day. You can order a delicious romantic dinner for two, appetizer, salad, two entrees, two sides, two desserts, a French baguette, and a beautiful single red rose all for just 49.99 you can choose from prime rib herbs to province turkey breast or the uh, mustard encrusted salmon uh, it is an absolutely wonderful dinner beautiful dinner you can get it right here at henhouse go to henhouse.com and put your order in right now they're incredible um delicatessen does such a fantastic job whether it's party trays i know they did a ton of party trays for the uh, super bowl uh yesterday uh but you know they're happy to do your valentine's day dinner as well let them do the cooking if you uh, waited too long for a reservation, then have the ultimate setup here. If you don't want to mess with going out, just want a nice, romantic, uh, relaxing dinner for two at home, Hen House has got you covered. Go to henhouse.com again. Uh, you can get an appetizer salad, two entrees, two sides, two desserts, a French baguette, and a single red rose for just forty nine ninety nine. Great entrees to choose from, like the uh, prime rib, the herbs de province turkey breast, the uh, mustard-encrusted salmon. Uh, it is a great, great dinner. Uh, don't forget, you can stop by the floral department as well. We're station right here by the floral department. Uh, in addition to all the beautiful flowers, they've got wonderful balloons, uh, plants, uh, all kinds of things for you to take care of, whether it's a, a birthday or a holiday. Uh, they've always got a beautiful selection of the freshest uh, flowers around. Uh, they save me all the time whenever there's a uh, event. Swing into your hen house. The floral department has got you covered right now. You can get a dozen red roses for uh, $25 or a dozen rainbow roses for just $30. Also a uh, beautiful bouquet. Uh, uh, for you to choose from, different uh, wonderful bouquets that you can pick from. And like I said, uh, balloons, uh, baskets, uh, all kinds of different things uh, to uh, let your Valentine know they are special. It is right here at your neighborhood hen house. We're at 119th and Row, 11721 Row Avenue. If you're going to GPS it, it's the northeast corner of uh, 119th and Row. That is where you will find us right now as we uh, broadcast live uh, right here by the uh, floral department at Hen House. Uh, Chiefs are winners. Uh, that is their fourth Super Bowl. It is three out of five. Uh, four championships means the only franchises with more than them now are the uh, 49ers and Cowboys with five, Steelers and Patriots with four. Or it was uh, six, excuse me. Uh, the Chiefs, Packers, and Giants all have four, so they're an elite company. Uh, they are, um, you know, one of just seven teams with four or more. Patrick Mahomes' third championship means he's tied with Troy Aikman with three. Only Terry Bradshaw and Joe Montana with four, and Tom Brady with seven have more Super Bowl wins than does Patrick Mahomes. He's 28. <laughs> that's That's the absurd part. Is that we're talking about where, where less than a handful of people rank ahead of him, and he's 28. He's two years from being 30. I mean, that's not even oh, he's about 30. No, he's two years away. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, it is uh, just an unbelievable. You know, when they drafted a quarterback, we all had optimism that it was going to be better, and we thought maybe a Super Bowl or two. Right, but already three with four appearances is unbelievable. And uh, Andy Reid has now put himself in rarefied air. The only coaches with more, Chuck Noll with four, Bill Belichick with six, and that's it, right? They're the only ones with more, correct? Uh, yeah. 
jacket that nobody else has has four. If you go to NFL championships, you get Curly yeah. Lambeau, and right. uh, you know probably I'd have to go back and look. If it's just NFL, I don't know where Paul Brown. How many of his were NFL? Because the number of his uh, were AAFCs. Yeah, he had four in the AAFC, he had three in the NFL. Okay. And so then it's just and none, yeah. Chuck Knoll and Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick. correct? Yep. Because Bill Walsh had three. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Johnson had two. Don Shula had two. Tom Landry had two. Right? I'm not missing yeah. anybody. Lombardi had five NFL championships. He had two Super Bowl, but two five Bowls, NFL. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But... But yeah, I mean, it, the, when the guy whose name is on the trophy, you just lift it up is one of your few, one of your few rivals as far as his history. It's pretty yeah. good. I mean, I, I think it's clear, and, and I'll tell you, uh, for Forty Nine er fans, and I and I think we talked about this a little bit late last week, but I really think it's true. I think I talked about it with Dan Orlovsky that everyone who gets to this game, the conversation is about what that game means. If they win that game, it's the, it's the sixth one for the 49ers. It's the, this, Brock Purdy becomes a champion. He becomes the lowest uh, draft quarterback to win a championship. All these things. You basically take all the trophies that you have and you clear space. The Shanahan, father-son, yeah. Super Bowl champion. All your accomplishments, all your trophies, you move space for the new ones that are going up there with what this will mean. And then one team wins and they put everything where it goes. Right? And the other team loses. And it's like they have to give back all the trophies. Yeah. They've already cleared the space. Now you've got to put everything back. Oh, we didn't get it, so now we've got to move this back over there. To me, when you lose a championship like this, especially with two weeks to get ready for it, you really, over two weeks, have already put it yeah. in your pocket. That's a great point. And so it's not just you lost a game. you got to give back something that was already yours. And there's somewhat, I think, a relief for the winning team that, okay, we do get to keep all this. Because we've already figured out all these things. Mm-hmm. Right? We've already and figured out the places. they asked about it all week. Every all week. time that Andy Reid or Patrick Mahomes or any one of the Chiefs was taught, was asked something that was about going back-to-back. How would you win? And the people were going, how many can you win? You're like, we haven't even won the second one in a row yet. People were already asking them questions from the perspective that they had already won the game. And... They would have had to have said, I'm sorry, we got to do this again next year if we get here. Rank the three uh, championships. Does this one surpass the first one? That's tough to surpass one that you waited 50 yeah. years. It's, it's what's, a lifetime what's the for most Chiefs fans. Yeah. That would seem, that would have to be number one, right? Uh, but yes. this one isn't far off. Right. That's right. what I can't tell. I'm like, I, I wanted to have hyper, oh, this is the best one. It's even, it's not. Okay, winning that first one after you, you know, that first mm-hmm. taste of water when you've been in the desert mm-hmm. for 20 days with nothing to drink, I would think is the tastiest yeah. of the bunch. Um, I don't know. Maybe you'd be like, well, actually, you, you technically can't taste it because you don't have any taste buds. Left. I don't know. I Don't take the, the analogy too far, sir. Right, right. But my point being... I think that well, that one still tops, but this one isn't far behind. Yeah. It, 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 it definitely blows away last year's. I think because it's two in a row. Yes. So part of last year's helps fill the helium in this one because it adds to it. You you know, last year's gave you the chance for this to not only be a championship, but for it to be back-to-back championships, which is rarefied air. As we mentioned, they're only it's only the ninth occurrence, only eight teams. Steelers doing it twice, right? Or no, no, it's... That's the ninth, ninth and they're the eighth team. Eighth franchise. Seven other teams, eight times before the Chiefs had won back-to-back. Yeah. Right? And so, you know, to join that club makes this one that much more sweeter 
I think it does still just a little bit behind number one. Last year seemingly was, was the one that, I won't say validated, but it added some weight to the first one. Because a lot of teams have won one championship. Winning that second one, I think, was they, they put the most amount of teams behind them with last year's win. So that was that was the significance of last year, and it was the rebound from the one loss that he had in the in the AFC Championship game, and and you kind of felt like, okay, we're back, because there was some declining. It was Super Bowl championship, Super Bowl loss, AFC Championship game loss. Hey, what's happening to this promise? Boom, title. That put him back in that spot. But this one uh, moves them into an even smaller room, and not just winning the third, but but. But winning back to back, I would agree. I think in, in importance to the franchise, this is this is number two of of these three, with yeah. a, with a pretty wide margin. Last year just kind of added added a win, and it added some cosmetic uh, qualities to the first one. But this one was huge, and, and and not just the game itself, but because of the trajectory of this season, because it was the year that everyone was supposed to get back at the Chiefs. This is the year they were they were vulnerable. They didn't get the one seat. They barely won the – they had to fight out for the division at the end. They had to go on the road twice. They were a dog three times. This was the year they weren't supposed to do it, and they overcame as much adversity as you can throw at a defending champion almost, and – they're standing there with the Tiffany Trophy once again. Uh, just from the, a, a stylistic and historical importance, this Super Bowl contains qualities that the other two don't. But I don't think it's enough to offset knocking away five decades of futility. I uh, And there's no way to call this a, a lucky one, or like you mentioned, whether there was a car. They had so many things yes. throughout this season, but even in this game, that they had to overcome. You know, you mentioned one, the MVS, losing 10 yards. Yeah. They're going from seven-yard gain to a three-yard loss on a catch. Or was it a three-yard gain to a seven-yard loss? Uh, seven-yard gain to a three-yard loss. Yeah. Uh, from that, from fumbles and turnovers and Red bot snaps and, and, you know, just things that looked like, oh, my God, that, that's a killer. You know, if you wanted to, the, you wanted the, to think- the defensive holding penalty on that first drive in the, in the overtime, you're like, oh, that's it. Because they, they were going to get the ball back in great field position, and Legere, or Brett McDuffie hooks a guy, legitimate call, but they were about to punt the ball to the Chiefs who were going to get the ball about their 35-yard line with needing just a field goal to win, and suddenly the Niners had life, bing, 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 down the field, and we thought that is going to be the call that we're going to remember for the, for the rest of the year. And they just shook it off. There were, there were numerous things, whether it's Creed Humphrey snaps to, Ugh. you know, like you said, the Isaiah Pacheco fumble that you're like, yeah, that's if this was a team that was just fortunate, yeah, that was just lucky, that was just you know barely getting by, then there were all kinds of things that could have killed them. The one thing that went did. their way was that a punt kicked off 149er and caused Ray Ray McLeod to field the ball he otherwise wouldn't have. And the Chiefs got the ball, and then the next play they put it in the end zone took the lead. That went that went their way. Nothing else did. Everything else they had to scrap for for <laughs> five quarters yeah. to get. 
913-310-810. We're at Hen House. Uh, they can uh, take care of you on your Valentine's Day. How about a delicious uh, dinner for two? Wonderful. Romantic dinner for two. Uh, Hen House will do all the cooking for you. Appetizer salad, two entrees, two sides, two desserts, a French baguette, and a single red rose for just forty nine ninety nine. Choose from the uh, prime rib, the herbs de province turkey breast, or the uh, mustard-encrusted salmon. Uh, and, of course, all the floral department has you covered, whether you want a, a beautiful flower, uh, like a, a potted flower. You need balloons. Uh, do you need roses? They've got a great special, a dozen red roses uh, for $25 or a dozen rainbow roses for $30. Uh, come in and check out all the beautiful bouquets that they've got. Maybe roses aren't your Valentine's thing. They've got a beautiful uh, bouquet of all kinds of flowers. Henhouse has you covered for Valentine's Day. We're here at 11721 Row Ave, northeast corner of 119th and Row. You're in the program here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Sorrent Petro, Curtis Siebel with you. We're on the road. We're at Hen House. Getting you ready for Valentine's Day, guys. Go to henhouse.com. You can order a romantic dinner for two. Uh, they got you covered with uh, app salad, entrees, uh, sides, uh, desserts, French baguette. Uh, a red rose comes with dinner as well for forty nine ninety nine. Prime rib, herbs to province, turkey breast, uh, mustard-encrusted salmon. Uh, pick your entree. Uh, pick your sides. Uh, it is a, a wonderful romantic dinner for two. Again, just $49.99 at henhouse.com. Uh, the floral department's got specials going on. A gentleman just came by, uh, grabbed himself a dozen roses, $25 or a dozen rainbow roses for $30. Uh, balloons, everything you need to make sure your Valentine knows that they are special. It's here at your neighborhood henhouse. We're at 119th and Road, northeast corner of 119th and Road. Stop on by and say hello. Stock up with whatever you need, including everything for Valentine's Day at your neighborhood henhouse. Uh, let's go to the phones. Uh, we start with Travis. You're in the program, Travis. What's going on, buddy? Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for taking the call. Um, before I get to my take, though, Petra, I wanted to thank you and the station for all the hard work you guys did last week. You guys did a great job keeping us plugged into what was going on down there, representing our city and our fan base. And uh, you guys just did a phenomenal job. Uh, well, thank uh, you very week. much. So, yeah, it, it, thanks a lot for all the hard work. Um, yeah, you know, I was thinking about this, uh, the game last night, and I'm like Curtis. I stayed up till like 4 in the morning, had to be at work at 7, stayed up till 4, watching Twitter, and I regret none of it. Um, it was fantastic. Uh, you know, I was talking to my brother about Pat and, and the game, and we were trying to figure out, like, how to, like, quantify, like, what he's done or what he's doing, and I came up with a, a weird, kind of a weird analogy, but he's kind of like Thanos from the Avengers movies. Like, you know the scene when... He, the portal opens, they're all standing there ready to fight him, and he comes through the portal, and then they realize that, like, they can't win. Like, that had to have been what it was like for not just the Niners, but every team. When they see Pat, he's just inevitable. You can't beat him. You can't out, you can't outthink him. You can't outplay him. You, you, you can't outscore him. He just, he's inevitable. He's going to happen. Your only chance is to just play absolutely perfect and hope that something goes your way. Um, you know, when, when Shanahan kicked the field goal in overtime, I looked at my son and I said, he should have gone for it there. And he's like, what? And I'm like, you can't give him the ball back in overtime. He's going to go down. And, uh, if, and, if, and if I scored a touchdown there, I would consider going for two. Yeah, you know I... that you're going to go for two. 
Yeah, I um, <clears throat> listen. I, I, I'm with you. I mean, I think you know, fourth and what were they going to have? Fourth and four, fourth four. and five, fourth and fourth uh, and four. Yeah. Fourth and four uh, with from a the chance nine yards, from the, the nine yard line. The yeah, nine yard with, line. with a chance versus a chance to you know either get a first down or take the lead if you can get into the end zone. I, I think the problem was I think if it were a longer field goal, and not because of the the you know you want to kick a longer field goal, but you have more room to work with. You know, from the nine, you only have nineteen yards of field. That means that Chiefs defense is is condensed. Any zones, anything you do there, uh, you have less field to cover and less field to work with. You can't really stretch that defense out, and so. I'm with you. I mean, I think as you look back, hindsight 2020, yes, they should have done something different because what they did, lost. And there's an opportunity where they could have said, no, it's going to take a touchdown to beat this guy. We've got to go for it. In reality, what we're if we kick a field goal, what we're saying is we're counting on them to make a mistake somewhere. We're counting on MVS to drop it. Or, and look, Kadarius Tony's not playing, so the likelihood that he'll volleyball one up into the air and we'll pick it off. Like, we're going to – we almost have to have – something break down around Patrick Mahomes. And if, if that's the conclusion that you reach, then you say, okay, either way, whether we put three up or don't score, we need the same thing. We yeah. need something. Yeah. We need them to shoot themselves in the foot. So instead, let's put a touchdown on the board. And then I even question, if you put a touchdown on the board, do you go for two? Yeah, absolutely. Because you know that they're probably the Chiefs are probably going to go for two, and Mahomes has got to be the toughest guy to try to stop from that, especially when they reintroduced Patrick Mahomes, the runner, on short yardage. They didn't put him under center. They didn't do a Philly special, a tush-push. Uh, but, you know, he became a runner. That once They were clearly willing to subject him to running the football, and they did it so smartly, spreading the field and letting him work out of the shotgun on short runs. And you, you got to feel like if you get down there two yards, Andy Reid's got something dialed up. Uh, you know, I think traditional football and even some non-traditional football would say, wait a minute, you're being overly aggressive. But, Travis, I, I, there's a lot of reasons to back up exactly what you're saying. And, and i got one more thing, just real quick. Uh, nobody's talking about it, but we need to, I think, as a fan base, I mean, I think we will as we look forward. Look at Leo Chanel played a game last night. Oh, like, God, yes. I don't know what his PFF score was. But I would be shocked if it wasn't at the top or close. I mean, he did so much dirty work and played so hard and just was – I mean, he, he played out of his mind last night. And I think it goes – I think it's kind of gone uh, overlooked because of what Pat and the offense did. But I'd like to hear, like, you know, what your guys' thoughts are because I thought that that man played a game last night. So Yeah, uh, he did. I'll talk to you guys later. Thanks, Pedro. All right, appreciate it, Travis. Thanks for the call, buddy, and, and congrats on a, on a great season. I think you got a great perspective on it. And here's what Leo Chennault playing well means. I think Willie Gay played like 50% of the snaps. Drew Tranquil played like right around the same number of snaps. And Leo Chennault, you know, the one guy who was on the field, I think all but two snaps on defense was Nick Bolton. Uh, you got the percentage there. All but one, 74 of 75 for Bolton. Okay, and then uh, Tranquil was? 39%. Okay, how much for Gay? Uh, Willie Gay was 52%. And how much for uh, Chennault? 36%. Okay, so what you're seeing is that they've already got the replacement for one of those guys. 
I mean, Leo Chanel is going to be your starting linebacker. They're not going to re-sign Tranquil and Gay. Uh, I think they'll make a run at Tranquil because I think he might come cheaper just because he's a little bit older, and I think you make a run at him just because you like his diversity. Yeah. Uh, over Willie Gay, we'll see. I mean, if one of them will sign for less, that may be what, what does it. But, yeah, I, I think Leo Chanel will be a starting linebacker, and that speaks to maybe the most underrated part of this team, and that's Brett Veach and, and his personnel decisions that – they, they're going to take a loss, and they've already got the replacement in-house. And he got to handle an extra point. And he helped force a fumble, too, didn't he? <laughs> yes, forced that first fumble. So, yes, Leo Chanel played a, a great game. And, you know, and how about this? Herring played, like, 16 snaps. Who, who the hell is – people at my house like, who is that? Well, that's the guy they traded for in training camp from the Raiders for, I think it was a six-round pick, right? Uh, who we didn't see active all year long. And now when Derek Nottie's down and Charles Amenehu's down, he's forced to play 16 snaps. And, you know, he's part of the equation to holding uh, one of the best offenses in football to 19 points in regulation. I mean, he didn't play a giant role, but you want to know what you know what part of the solution is to replacing Chris Jones? It's him. There isn't a guy who's going to come in and play like Chris Jones. But as far as solving, who's you know who are, who's going to take the snaps? They'll be a little bit different. They may have to rely on the blitz more, but they may be bigger and more physical on the inside. Mike Pinnell was signed in season. Played fifty three percent of the snaps last night and was blowing some guys up. Well, he's a mountain. Yes. I mean, how many times? Uh, Christian McCaffrey thought he was heading into a hole and he ran into the front of Mike Pinnell. And if you have Herring and Pinnell, if, if they bring Pinnell back in the middle, no, they're not as athletic as Chris Jones. No, they don't have a chess piece they can move up and down. But, yes, it's going to be tough to move those guys. And they're big physical guys. So, yeah, I, I'll go you a step further. Travis, Leo Chennault was, was tremendous, and I think it's a, a great statement about the, the job that Brett Veach and that front office have done. 913-3810-810, Jazz UJ, you're in the program. What's up, Jay? Hey, Seren. Happy uh, Victory Monday. Uh, and same to you. <laughs> so, a couple things. One, I, I, you know, I, I think we forget, and you guys touched on it a little bit right there with Leo Chanel, but I think maybe one of the most untalked about plays of the game was that blocked extra point. That was huge because without that, then you're down. If they make that extra point, the Chiefs would have been down four points. And you're looking at having to go down and manufacture a touchdown drive. And, you know, the special team showed up yesterday. I've always been real critical of Dave Tobe and that special teams. But, guys, Harrison Butker has been automatic all season. And we haven't talked enough about him in the season. He just, I think Harrison Butker, you could say, just had the best season of his career, probably. He was automatic. He hit a long, didn't he tie the longest field goal with actually the Niners kicker yesterday? Uh, he just had a hell of a season, guys. And so I uh, can't overlook the special teams and especially that blocked extra point that they came up with in the fourth quarter yesterday. Uh, so I'll leave you with this. I hope that we have a good turnout for the parade on Wednesday. It's supposed to be a night today. I know that uh, a lot of us have been to, a, we've been fortunate enough with the parades we've had, but you know, like I said, I just hope we have a nice turnout on Wednesday for these guys when they come back to Kansas City and celebrate uh, that. But uh, all it's not the air, guys. Just one of your guys' take on Butker and that blocked extra point. Thanks all right, thank all. you. 
You bet. Thanks for the call, Jay. Um, first of all, 62 degrees is what I saw for the uh, high uh, on Wednesday. So it's going to be a spectacular day uh, for a parade. Uh, and so, yes, I think that will definitely help the turnout. It was uh, cold. Yes. Last year. Quite. And uh, and so this year it's going to be much better conditions. So I think that will absolutely help the uh, turnout of, of this parade. And the field goal by Butker set a record. It broke the record that had been set earlier. Five minutes earlier, seemingly, by Moody. I'll give credit to my buddy Sean, who, when they're like, and that's a new Super Bowl record, my buddy Sean goes, well, that's going to last about a quarter. Because <laughs> you know Butker's been so right. great. Right. And he called it. It lasted a little more than a quarter. But, um, yes, uh, and, and I think Butker had one of the great kicking seasons of all time. I, I agree. 90 of 92 this year. With extra points. And, and, and uh, uh, No, of all kicks, 90 of 92. Yeah, when you had extra points oh, yeah, to yeah, the yeah, field yeah. goals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be a lot of extra points. Um, 15 of 15 from beyond 40, 7 of 7 from beyond 50. I think he, he at the greatest year in the history of NFL for a kicker. I can't think of anything that would top it. Dude missed two kicks out of 92 the entire year and capped it by setting a Super Bowl record in, uh, for the longest field goal. And how about the hold? Uh, Tommy Townsend, as much as we talked last year, rightly so, about the about the missed, uh, missed holds, he saved that one. That was fantastic work by Townsend, who is not only one of the best punters in the league, but their operation... I mean, that was like a, the, the title of, of a book from them a year ago, The Operation. Perfect this year. I know we can't, can't be any better in that in, in that regard than, it, than the Chiefs were this season. We, we've experienced, uh, you know, four championships or, or four Super Bowl appearances and three championships uh, in in five years, and I and I think it's um, uh, you know fantastic uh, to sit and enjoy it. But, you know, also think about all the things they did really, really right that went into it, and they just barely won. Right. right? Like, when you look at all the things, you know, Bucker, signing him off a practice squad. He was on the Carolina Panthers practice squad. They signed him off it, uh, taught him how to kick, and, you know, or, or help perfect it. Didn't teach him how to kick. I mean, he was obviously kicking. It wasn't like he was... You know, they signed an outfielder and said, we're going to try you at kicker. Uh, but you, you get my point. Coached him up and, and have, have helped polish him, along with his hard work, obviously, first and foremost, uh, into the best kicker in the league. Well, they've got the best kicker in the league. You know, they, they've got, you know, a, a, a all-pro corner that they traded up to get. They saw him like, nope, this is a different difference maker. McDuffie uh, had, what, three passes defensed in that game? Yeah. Uh, five in the postseason altogether. All made, and you got to. This is where you part of the shout out to Steve Spagnolo. Maybe the biggest play of the game on, on defense, just inside the two minute warning. The 49ers have got third and four. If they get the first down, they can bleed the clock and win the game, and the Chiefs don't see the ball again. You're in a spot where you're thinking, if they get this, just let them score. And McDuffie is covering Ayuk in the slot, and he decides, I'm going. And Ayuk was wide, blanking open for an easy conversion. But McDuffie took the right angle, and he got there in time, and he disrupted the pass, forces the incompletion that eventually ends up being the field goal that keeps the Chiefs in the game, um, that allowed them to get the ball back and then drive down for, for a field goal. Maybe, maybe the most unheralded 
individual play of the entire night was made by, by Trip McDuffie. Well, and my point is, all these things, and any one of them don't happen, they don't win. This is why you see people talk about how hard it is to win a championship. Because they've done, they have Patrick Mahomes and they've done all these things, right? Yes. It, it, and it, and they had to go overtime to win it. Even with Patrick Mahomes, for all his greatness, yep. even with him, it's taken all of these things and Patrick Mahomes to win a championship. Now, I will say this. If they, you know, to the point about, um, you know, the blocked extra point, I mean, would you, you would, they ended up settling for a field goal. They could have gone for it on that fourth down. Yeah. And so, a little more aggressive. Would you? How much would you have thought? You know, what, what chances would you've given Patrick Mahomes of of making it on fourth down? Pretty good chance, yeah. right? Yeah. So who knows? Maybe they go up by three because they have they're forced to be more aggressive. That that's where I say like Patrick Mahomes seems to have whatever it takes, right? You almost feel like well, if he needed to get four, then he would have gotten the fourth down. Whatever it takes, he seems to have the ability yeah. to do it. I can't remember who it was we talked to last last week. One of the quarterbacks that said, you know, he'd gone from from being this the amazing arm talent and crazy plays that defy logic to suddenly being this guy who just chokes you out in the most opportune moments. The, the, he he just gets at exactly what he needs right when he needs it. Um, what an amazing uh, transference that's been for Mahomes. All, all these things that they've done around Patrick Mahomes that the organization has done right uh, are important because uh, this year he was the second most expensive quarterback by cap space ever. Behind only last year's Patrick Mahomes when he was <laughs> the most expensive. Uh, his number is higher this year at over $37 million his cap hit, but 16.84% of the cap. Uh, last year at just under $36 million, he counted for 17.16% uh, of the uh, cap. And, uh, you know, the, the, those are the two highest numbers ever. Next highest is uh, 12.25% by Tom Brady back in 2020. That's the next highest. So uh, the Chiefs have to do a lot of things right around. Patrick Mahomes to give him the opportunity to go out and succeed. 913-3810-810. More of your calls next here in the program. We're live at Hen House. They got you covered. The floral department has a dozen red roses for $25, a dozen rainbow roses for $30, uh, also beautiful bouquets to choose from, balloons, everything to uh, make your Valentine feel special. It's at Hen House. Go to henhouse.com to order now. All right, welcome back here in the program here on Sports Radio 810 WHB, America's largest Sports radio station. Mm-hmm. We were just quizzed on that. We were uh, questioned. We were, we were challenged. Getting a third degree here, man. Threw a challenge flag, which apparently Gabe Gabe looked like he was balled his fist and said, "Are you are you questioning me?" Uh, it's a good question. It's a good question. Uh, thank you, sir. We appreciate it. Have yourself a good day. Uh, it is the program live at Hen House, one one seven two one Row Ave. Uh, Valentine's Day, the star of the show. A delicious, uh, romantic dinner for two. An app, salad, two entrees, two sides, two desserts, a French baguette, and a single red rose for forty nine ninety nine. Go to henhouse.com to put your order in today. Uh, PFF grades from last night. Top five. Cornerback Trent, Trent McDuffie, 78.5. Okay. Travis Kelsey, 78.9. Chris Jones, 81.7. Mike Pinnell, 82.5. Leo Chanel, 92. Not Patrick Mahomes. Not Patrick Mahomes. And no 49 Highest graded Chiefs players. Oh, those are oh, just Chiefs. Highest graded Chiefs players. Oh, you said players. Yeah, I meant Chiefs, yeah. Well, it's important distinction. It is true. I thought since I named all the, the five... Oh, that's what we're looking for. Um, 
McCole Hardman also 75-6. He was number six. McCole Hardman. With a minimum of 20 snaps. Who's looking forward to the conversation with Sam McDowell tomorrow? Who's got a belly and two thumbs and can't wait to talk to Sam McDowell about McCole Hardman tomorrow? You know. This guy. The minute that happened, he was like, oh, my gosh, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. And, oh, I'm going to hear it on Thursday. Yeah. I'm going to hear it. You are going to hear it. Because he doesn't miss a detail. 9133-810-810. Let's go to Sean in Jersey. Sean, you're in the program. What's up, buddy? Hey, what's going on, fellas? Happy Victory Monday. Chiefs win again. Same to you, brother. Um, I just want to say, Saran, uh, thank you for uh, 810. I listen to you guys all the time on the app. So thanks to the Border Patrol uh, in the zone and your show. Um, you guys did a phenomenal job last week covering the whole Super Bowl, keeping us up to date. So I just want to say thumbs up to you guys. Yeah, thank um, you, man. So, you got it, bro. So, um, listen, man, I'm 45 years old, so I go back to the – when I first started watching the Chiefs, it was Steve DeBerg and Schottenheimer era. So fast forward, looking at all that football from now to then, I just want to say that this Andy Reid and Mahomes duo is going to be the best in Kansas City Chiefs history. Do you agree on that? Uh, for sure. I mean, I, I don't, you know, I, I, no one else has put together a, a coach quarterback run, you know, two of them. Like, you kind of get one. That, that seems to be the way right. it is. We haven't seen another, you know, combination, uh, you know, lap the field like this. So, yeah, I would think that this is our – we need to enjoy it because this is our absolute, you it, know, it zenith. Enjoy this moment. Yeah, enjoy the moment because, you know, over the years, you know, going back to Todd Haley days and all that, like we were in just a whirlwind. But, um, Saran, I heard uh, – I was listening to you when you opened up. You were talking about – was the first Super Bowl better than this Super Bowl? To me, um, the first Super Bowl was, it, it was kind of like the Chiefs, that was their moment. They had to win that. Everything was set on the plate to win. That one was more emotional for me. But this Super Bowl here, I think it's, it means more to me just because of we look at the season the Chiefs had. We didn't even even expect this. We all thought they were going to, you know, beat the Dolphins and then go on the road and lose out. They weren't going to get past Buffalo. But they were underdogs throughout this whole playoff run, besides at home. They went on the road in the Super Bowl, were underdogs. They won it. In overtime, it was gritty. Defense played good. Offense wasn't all that great, like how they played versus Baltimore and uh, Buffalo, but... They did it. So to me, just for them being on the road, being an underdog, and just the season that we just witnessed, what they went through, I, I have to say this one is the best one for me. But um, listen, guys, go Chiefs. We won it, and I'll listen to you guys off there. You, you bet, and uh, it's been a great season. I know we've had a lot of calls uh, talking with you, and it's always fun talking with you, Sean, and I, I don't know the joy that all Chiefs fans are feeling it, and we share it with you, brother. It's uh, been a great year, and certainly uh, it was a great win. Carl, you're in the program. What's going on, Carl? Hey, you shared my sentiments about the chicken, uh, but I do have a question about Butker, but also wanted to thank you as well. One of the things I like about your show is uh, you'll advance a topic throughout the week, and with all the coverage all season and all the guests and podcasts, uh, it's been a lot of fun. So thank, thank you. you. Yeah, you bet. Um, thank you very much. I'm really glad the, the holds and the kicks aren't a topic today. I'm glad the rests aren't a topic today. 
Um, one of the misses from Butker this year was because the ball was the wrong ball, if you remember that. Um, yeah. And Butker has been here the, the whole championship stretch. Kickers have ruined or made championships for great players. So uh, my question is, could could Butker have been considered the MVP last night? Uh, could he get MVP from the like the Chiefs? Uh, Chiefs MVP this season, or what do, what do they got to do to appreciate him? You know, I, I thought about that with the season that he had, and that's a great point, Carl. And listen, like I said, I had Butker for the MVP, and at like a hundred to one. So uh, trust me, uh, we we jumped on it late in game on FanDuel, me and my buddy Archie, and so I was all about it. But uh, you know, it's going to going to turn ten bucks into a thousand. So I, I was loving the idea. And thank you for the call. And thank you for the kind words, Carl. But I think you're right. I think he actually does deserve when they sit now their team banquet. Patrick Mahomes didn't have his best statistical season. If there's a year, like, listen, who's the most valuable player on this team? It's Patrick Mahomes every year, no doubt. Right? Just like I think the best coach is the one that wins the league every year. Like, that's who's my coach of the year. I think it's Patrick Mahomes is going to be the most important team. But if there's a year to give it to somebody other than Patrick Mahomes, maybe this is the year because statistically it wasn't his best year. And if there's anyone who deserves it this year beyond, that was just absolutely brilliant at what they do and – Yes, was bringing him home in games. And, you know, where are they without his field goals? Harrison Bucker is a strong choice. Uh, we've had Mark Mosley win the league MVP, so it wouldn't be preposterous if he won that award this year for the Chiefs. All right, the Chiefs to eighth team to win three games as an underdog in a single postseason. Two teams won four. Name either one. Brought to you by Good Sense. <laughs> 